Today, uh, we, we complete our Easter octave. Um, every year, as I said, on Easter and throughout this week, um, we've celebrated Easter for eight days now, eight calendar days. We keep the one liturgical day of Easter alive. The one liturgical day of coming upon the Lord and em- coming upon an empty tomb and realizing that the Lord had risen for the sake of the salvation of the world. Every year, when we get to the second Sunday of Easter, when we get to Divine Mercy Sunday, this is our reading. And I find that it's very fitting that this is our reading. As I've been reflecting on this, uh, on this reading, on just the feast on today, um, on, this, on this feast of Divine Mercy, uh, one thing to remember is that Divine Mercy Sunday is only about 20 years old. Um, John Paul II was the one that actually had, put, had codified this as the celebration. Um, at the canonization of St. Faustina. St. Faustina was a Polish nun. Um, she had uh, these private revelations of hers that she kept in her diary, and it's a very, very popular, very, very beautiful uh, diary that, that a lot of people find a lot of good grace from. The Divine Mercy Chaplet comes from that, but it's a little story about her life, essentially her reflections and her life in growing in relationship with our Lord. But on the feast of her, so of, of, of her uh, canonization, John Paul II designated the second Sunday of Easter as Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, the readings line up beautifully. And the reason why I think the readings line up beautifully is because, uh, as I've been reflecting on this, I think they hit to the two reasons why people find, we as people find ourselves hesitant to come towards the Lord. In the modern day, I think they kind of shine light, and this feast, the readings, everything about today, I think they shine light on the two reasons why, the two biggest excuses why a lot of times people in our world are hesitant to give them their lives over to the Lord, to follow Jesus with everything they have. The first reason, I think Thomas is a perfect example for us. Thomas basically comes out and says, unless I see it, I touch it, I don't believe it. Our world today is extremely empirical. Empirical meaning what we can see and touch is real and true. Science is very empirical. What we see and touch, that's true, that's real, and that's fact that we can, that we can build our life on. Outside of the realm of of what we can see and touch, our world tends to be very, very skeptical. Well, I can see that there is an altar. I can see that there are now pictures on the wall. I can see that there is a book in front of me, and I can touch those things, so they must be real. But don't get into a conversation about what I can't see necessarily, or I can't touch, because that may or may not actually exist. This has been the sin, I think, in a lot of ways of our world in the last 100 to 200 years, um, where all of a sudden we have come to, to completely rely on the senses of this world and don't expand ourselves very easily beyond them. That's the sin of my generation in a lot of ways, in our generation, the younger generations, where we're all about science and everything else is a question. Not necessarily going to say it doesn't exist or it's not real, but it's at least a question. 
If we approach the world with that kind of mindset, then well, God is just a concept. God is just a concept that happens to be not something that I can see, not something that I can touch, not something that I can verify in the world. We can't, we can't have a relationship with a concept. We can't, we can't come to know and love just a scientific theory. I think the second thing that we see today is whenever Jesus shows, shows up, I don't know about you, but the other disciples, if I was them, I would have been rather scared. I think there would have been some fear that would have popped up in my life. Like, we watched this man pass away. We watched this man suffer and die. We followed him. We knew what was going on. We saw the tomb closed and sealed. And now he's standing before me. And not just standing before me as a ghost, but I can touch his hands. I can see his wounds. I think fear is another reason, in a lot of ways, why we, in our culture today, might be hesitant to come before the Lord. I say that because uh, when, I was in, when I was in high school and in college even, uh, when I was getting into the habit of going to confession regularly, I realized very, very quickly that I was afraid of confession. And in a lot of ways, I was afraid to dig into my own sin and bring it before God and be that vulnerable. But in any relationship requires a certain sense of vulnerability, a certain sense of openness, a certain risk possibly being hurt. In our world, we're guarded. We tend to be very, very fearful in relationships. Well, he's going to have to prove to me how much he loves me. Or she's going to have to prove to me that, she can, that, that we can marry, be married. See, so often in our life, fear can be a deciding factor, something that directs us one way or another. And in our relationship with God, it's no different. That fear can get in the way. Both of these tools, the skeptic kind of mindset and fear, are oftentimes hand, a, a, a tool in the hand of the devil to wedge us, to, to drive a wedge between us, me, and God. Well, if he doesn't, if we don't really know if he exists, then I can live my life however I want. Well, if he, if he's, if I, if he's someone to be afraid of then why would, you, why would you want to follow a God that's like that? I think these two tools oftentimes become a wedge that the enemy tries to drive between each person and God. That if he can get us distracted from, the, from who God is in reality and start us questioning if he even exists or questioning if he has his, our good, then we may not be so quick to be his follower. We may not be so quick to build the church on this side of the earth, on this side of the grave, on earth while we're alive. There are two things, though. I think the two silver bullets that we have against those two things. If skepticism is a big tool in the hand of the enemy, the best thing that we can... Skepticism oftentimes is a derivative of pride, Right? We're skeptical because we know, we think we know everything of the earth. We think we know everything of the world. We think we know everything of reality. So we can be skeptical. We can pass judgment on if that's right or wrong. If we want to take, take pride and destroy it, 
The prayer that we need to pray is for humility. See, humility is not a sense of, woe is me, or I think bad about myself, or, you know what, I'm a really good painter, but I tell people I'm not a good painter because I'm supposed to be humble about it. No, 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 no. What humility's purpose is, humility is rooted in reality. I know exactly who I am. I know who I am. I know that I have these gifts. I know I have these shortcomings. I know that I'm this person. I know I'm not that person, right? We are rooted in reality, but that reality is always in relationship to God. That reality is always in relationship to God. That I don't have an exalted idea of myself because in relationship to God, I'm small. In relationship to God, I'm limited. In relationship to God, my gifts might be good, but His are great. And His grace can achieve so much more in my life than my own power. See, we're called to be humble. Every, so many saints say that the first step of holiness is humility. So that can get rid of the Thomas, St. Thomas's um, skeptic mindset. On the other side, we're fear. What is it that drives out fear? Well, I think the fact that uh, what inspired me to, to hang the two pictures up behind the altar today is the image of divine mercy that we have. Because every image of divine mercy shows Jesus revealing his heart, two rays coming forth, a white one for the, as a symbol of baptism, the red one as a symbol of the Eucharist, that from his heart the, the sacraments flow. But the words at the bottom of every image of divine mercy drive out fear. Jesus, I trust in you. Think what it means to trust. Think what it means to be someone that you can completely and totally trust in your life. When I, when I, was a, uh, I remember when I was a little kid, or I've seen this happen with little kids before, um, being in a swimming pool. And little kids, a lot of times, they want to just sit on the steps and they don't want to go too deep, right? Uh, they might have some floaties or something like that, or they might be able to sit on a raft or whatever. But they most of the time, at, at least at first, just want to be in the shallow end or want to be just on the steps. And I remember watching my like, little cousins over the years and stuff when I would be in a swimming pool, that they would be loaded up, have floaties up there on their arms, have a life vest, have you know all kind of stuff. Uh, flippers and goggles and everything else. I mean, they're going to be in the water for two seconds, but they, they got like scuba gear on. And what happens is, is that they're standing on the side and they don't want to jump in. They're afraid to jump into the water. But just imagine the image of the dad of that kid coming over and saying, I'm going to catch you. Don't worry, I'm going to catch you. And every time I've seen that kind of move, every time I've seen that kind of moment, the fear just dissipates from the kid. No longer afraid, because you know what? Mom's got me, or dad's got me. That's what it means to trust our Lord. Not that we do things irrational, not that we do things um, that are just kind of crazy, and you know what, God's going to have it. We use our reason, obviously, but what, when, it mean, when we say trust, Jesus, I trust in you, Jesus, I trust that your grace is stronger than any sin that I might have. I trust that your grace is stronger than my past. I trust that Good Friday is enough for me to possibly receive Easter glory. This is what we experience in the sacrament of confession. My sin, Lord, 
might be big, but it's nothing compared to your mercy. That's what it means to trust in who our God is. I think if for the, if for the however long we're in quarantine, however long or, or in social distancing, whatever, for however long we're in this situation that we're in in our culture, I think if the time that we have, if we spend it just focusing on the two virtues of humility and trust, we would, we would be, we, we literally could become saints by the end of this. If for the rest of the, our life, those are the only two things that we focus on, are being humble before our God and trusting in Him with all our heart, we could legitimately become saints by the end of our life. All of us, right? All of us have struggles. All of us have temptations. And God, in, the, in reality, God, as a person of Jesus Christ, wants to drive out all of those limitations, wants to remove all those blockades in a, in a true and deep relationship with us. God desires you. God desires me. God, God desires all of us to come before him face to face, humbly and trusting. Our God is not some kind of abstract concept. Our God is not some kind of unjust judge that just throws out rules. Our God is a person with a face. Today, when we come to celebrate Mass, and when we come to celebrate any of the sacraments, just as the Divine Mercy image tells us, that Jesus reveals His heart to us in the sacraments of the Church. Right? He reveals His heart to us. He reveals His Divine Mercy and Grace to us in the sacraments of the Church. When we come to the sacraments, whether it be Confession, the Eucharist, in the moment of our baptism, our confirmation, all of the sacraments, we come to see God face to face. His grace is uniquely given to each one of us in the sacraments. Today, while we might be separate and not able to receive communion in the flesh, the same, spirits are, the same spiritual graces are bestowed upon us as we come and celebrate this Mass wholeheartedly and devotedly. As we receive Him, may we be reaffirmed, reaffirmed, convinced, and and just able to, to embrace His loving kindness, humbly and trustingly.